Great. That's fun, isn't it? Okay. Woohoo. So, um, we're getting towards the end of the book of Galatians. We're all looking sad now. So, Sad or relieved, I'm not quite sure. So, um, I want to start looking, from, go from Galatians chapter 5. I know Mark um, Henley preached on this and some, probably somebody else a week or so ago. Um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. And then we're going to go through into chapter 6. And I'm going to read it out and then I want to just do some commenting on it as we go. Um, <clears throat> but when we're you're getting towards a, a, at the end of a letter like this, then Paul has been on a journey instructing people and he's taking them towards a conclusion. And that, it's important for us to understand what that, that conclusion looks like. Um, and uh, so just as a summary, is, you know, the, the book of Galatians is about freedom, it's about the truth of the gospel, it's about our interaction with that, it's how we guard it, how we guard freedom, guard the truth of the gospel, how we live in it, and then we're getting towards what the ultimate outcome of that, that is. Okay, so... So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Is that not a great promise? What, what's, what's the key, to, the, the, the absolute key to overcoming temptation? It's walking by the Spirit. It's, it's there. It's, it's not just a negative, I'm going to resist this temptation, I'm not going to concentrate on it. I'm going to... It's walking by the Spirit who actually gives you the fruit of self-control, so you won't. It's, 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 it literally is fruitless to endeavor to, to battle against darkness without the force of light of the spirit working in you it gets hard work but if you walk by the spirit isn't that beautiful it's not that you won't have any temptations it's just actually they will have less grip upon you because you walk in the spirit not because you obey any rules or regulations about it it's not it won't come about because you make new year's resolutions it won't how many people make new year's resolutions and by the 4th of january they're gone we can have good resolve, but without the spirit, it's not empowered. So, okay. Uh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. How about that? Woo-hoo. Hey, but I'm free. Yeah, you are. You're free to be wise, not stupid. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I think in the like you can put pretty much everything, but it's covered a lot of stuff there. What I want to say is most of those things have actually, the, the direct impact is upon human relationships, which is important, Okay. The outcome of those things like discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the danger. If, if, we, if we use our freedom to live like that, then we won't actually uh, effectively appropriate the inheritance of the kingdom that we've been given and walk out our mandate on earth. It won't stop you being saved, but it will stop us being effective. Here's the other side. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Isn't that beautiful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if when people looked upon your individual life, that's what they saw and said, wow, look at that life. If they looked at our community life, and this is, this is, what they, this is their report of us. That, that is good news right there. <clears throat> Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now look at this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That is probably the absolute key of what I'm trying to get at, is living by the 
Spirit. So if you live by the Spirit, it says keep in step with him. Now, again, what, if you have a legalistic rules mindset, that's a, that's a command to keep in step. You know, it's a military command. You know, and so if you've got a, a mindset, that right, okay, got to keep in step with Jesus, everybody in line, and we march. Or it's an invitation to walk with him in fellowship, in communion every day. Yeah? I'm saying how the, important the mindset is of how you interpret even that. So if, if you have a legalistic mindset, then that is, is a hard work to do. You keep in step with me. You will obey me. If you've got a mindset of relationship and freedom, you get free to choose to follow him. That's what Jesus did. Follow me. Keep me step, boys. Now follow me. And watch what will happen. Let us not become conceited, provoking in their envying each other, brothers and sisters. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should respond to that person gently. And this is going in. This is, uh, can we go back to that previous page? That's it. So what I want you to get hold of here is this is... In, so this is verse 1 of chapter 6 okay we're just coming into this so the, the previous stuff li- li- lines us up with this it says you who live by the spirit and I want to suggest to you that that little phrase is the ultimate outcome of the gospel a people who live by the spirit not by the flesh not just by effort but who live constant not not just come from a spirit-filled meeting get to get to eastgate on a sunday morning have a great time in the spirit and then go away and try and exist throughout life this is about can you live in the spirit 24 7 living by the spirit <clears throat> so i'm going to tell you I, I didn't i didn't wake up this morning uh trying to get words of knowledge Thinking, oh, I've got a, got a sermon to do. Let's see how I can snazz it up. <clears throat> I go to bed. <clears throat> I go to sleep in the spirit. Biblical days start in the evening at the night. Yeah, It's one of the most productive times in the spirit that you can have. One thing is your brain doesn't get in the way. <laughs> How many of you have ever woken up with a thought in the morning? Thought, wow, where did that come from? Boom! Something came in. <clears throat> the night time is literally our recreation time. We don't, don't, we shouldn't have an attitude of sleeping to overcome our tiredness of the day our exhaustion to try and try and get ready for the next day the attitude towards 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 living by the spirit is you start living by the spirit by actually just giving him that place and that that will overflow then as you do that then you will overflow into life it's one of the key tips i want to try and give you is is living by the spirit start your day the right right point One of the most important things about that is it's not that your intellect is actually then in control. It's you are. Because who's going to lead you into all truth? That's a good night's sleep. That's a good night's sleep. Okay. Let's flip over. 
So it talks about, okay, in that one it says, so this is, this is beginning of chapter 6, it says, um, if you live by the Spirit, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Isn't that a beautiful picture? This is the reality of life. This is, this is a church, okay? Because what is the ultimate purpose of your Christianity? I know we've got by the free... What, what, what's, what's the, what's the, what are we all driving towards? This is basic theology, okay? So it's not, not tricky. So, so, so what is your life, this, this, your life on planet Earth, what day is it driving you towards? I think David's ahead of you. Come on, come on, somebody, somebody, be brave. But Jesus is coming back, folks. <laughs> it, you look shocked. <laughs> you look shocked. <laughs> it's quite an important part of Christianity. He is coming back. We can get so sometimes so caught up with, with creating heaven on earth, we forget actually one day this is all going to disappear. It doesn't matter how, how beautiful, cracking we make it, one day it will be recreated and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. That's, the old, that's, where, you're, that's where your life is going. And the, oh, This is a beautiful picture, isn't it? See, the ultimate thing is the church will have made itself ready. It talks about this in Revelation. The bride making herself ready. What's she making herself ready for? Walking down the aisle. Walking down the aisle. To be the bride of Jesus. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. Male or female. Kind of tricky getting your brain around that as a male. Walking down the aisle towards another guy. (laughs) Doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. It really doesn't matter. You're all the same because we are all being placed into this thing, the body of Christ. And ultimately, ultimately, it, all this will pass away and we will be with him forever as his bride. That's what I, that's what I do with my life. That's, 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 it's all aimed towards that. But it's the church is his bride, yeah? So what's the... What's the What's your life is, is, is aimed up towards this? It's not just to do kingdom. It's actually to play your part in building the church. We do kingdom activity, but the, out, out, the outcome of kingdom activity is that people get born again, saved and added to church. Isn't it good? This week, do you know how many extra brothers and sisters in the church you've received? Any idea this week? About two million. It's not bad, is it? You say, where are we going to put more? Fortunately, we don't have to fit more in Eastgate. All around the globe, this week, statistics will tell you two million people have been added to the body of Christ. Is that not amazing? That's what you're part of. When people say, how big is your church? You should say about two billion. It's not a competition. It's not a comparison. How big is your church? Well, there's only 50 of us. We've got a thousand. Wow, we're more important than you. No, you're just part of the right. 
But it is the greatest thing you give your life to. It's the ultimate thing. And what it says in that context, you know, people muck up. People get it wrong sometimes. Every one of us. What's the job? It says restore gently. Restore gently. The purpose is always restoration, back into a relationship. Come on, come back. This is what, you know what? <coughs> Clothes are a bit dirty. You probably need to get those cleaned up before wedding day. Come, come, come. We've got a washing machine. You can chuck them in there. Chuck them in the washing machine. He's called Jesus. He's really good at purifying you from all that stuff. It's not difficult. Come, 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 come. Come back, come back. You lost your way a bit. Come, 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 come back. Well then, hmm. We've got a program for people like you. We call it restoration, but it's really punishment. But we just like to put you in the detention class for a few, few weeks. That's legalism. How many of you put yourself in the detention class for a few weeks, personally, when you've mucked up? See, see, what the Bible says is you have to love others as you love yourself. How good are you at restoring yourself gently? Towards this amazing purpose. Jesus doesn't treat you harshly. Now, he can rebuke you. Yeah, but it's, it's always to get you back to this place. You know, he gave, gave Peter a pretty stinging rebuke. Get behind me, Satan. Why? You're going off track, man. Come back over here. Don't bring Satan with you. Restore gently with grace. Woo. You think it'll be great on that day? I, I was, my imagination goes, walking side by side with each other. Can you imagine walking down the aisle together on that day? Looking, wow, wow, we're in this together. And you know what? There's going to be people there you would have never thought going to be there. People that you have influenced throughout your life. And say, I'm in, I got in. You played a part. Thanks for telling me about Jesus. But when did I? You demonstrated him. You gave me a cup of water. You sowed a seed in my life. It's going to be a beautiful day. It really is going to be a beautiful day. There's a song about that, isn't there, Simon? Beautiful day. Okay, what else have we got? Carry each other's burdens. And this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know what? Sometimes people go through those hard times, heavy times. What's that say? Help each other. It's okay. It's what a church will look like. Helping each other. Good times and tough times. Rejoice with those who rejoice, rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. In a church our size, that will be going on all the time. <coughs> I remember, um, there's a day I remember really very clearly with great emotion. On the 27th of December, 1992, uh, I was preaching, I was preaching in a little church still back in New Ash Green, in a not very glamorous building. <laughs> school hall which we didn't fit fully in a bit crowded out <clears throat> and um, also we had that it was a junior school so we had junior school chairs it was it was remember those days we had to sit sort of with your knees up knees up on your chin you know we didn't even have that old chairs it was it was a, it was a process of, yeah it's part of like church life you think you, you should be grateful for the chairs please be grateful for the chairs 
We took a long time picking these chairs, getting a couple. But I've li- I remember sitting there with my knee up on my, under my chin. I think, <laughs> why? Why did we do that? Because we were building something. And on that day, my dad came to hear me preach for the first time. He'd resisted Jesus for many years. And on that day, as I preached about how much Christmas cost the father, and I gave an appeal, my dad got up and walked down the front to be born again. Not a dry dry eye in the house. David was there. David's granddad. I led him to Jesus. And we thought he'd be quite a quiet Christian. Not one bit of it. My goodness, was he radical. Started Alpha Course in his church, home groups. Do you know where he is right now? He's sitting in a residential care home, waiting to go home. He has dementia. He has next to no memory. Very little conversation. But when I visit him, we pray together. See, I don't just pray for him. We pray together. Do you know why? Because he's still living by the Spirit. It's not dead. It is alive. Jim and David came with me the last time. I'm saying, as soon as he started to pray, he's alive. In a way that's just not there. There's no, there's little, very little behind the eyes, but there's something that sparks inside. See, I'm going to walk down that aisle with my dad. He's just got a tent that's fading away right now. And some of our tents are more faded than others. But I'm going to get a new one. I've got a little funny patch there. If you're not seeing it's actually heart shaped if you can look at it. It is, it is. It's how Kim picks me out in the crowd. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what head of hair I'm going to have when I get there, but. Isn't it beautiful, the bride of Christ? The hope that goes beyond this. <sighs> I love it. Now, if anyone thinks they're something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Now, that's the NLT, NIV. This, the NLT's got a better translation on this, okay? So I want, <laughs> I want you to hear New Living Translation. Okay, so pin your ears back. If you think you are too important to help somebody, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. <laughs> that's a beautiful translation. Don't get, don't get above yourself, folks. <laughs> Uh, I'll read that out again. I was, I was studying this week. It got me amused. I, was, I thought, that's a great translation. I've got to write, read that. If you think you're too important to help somebody, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. <laughs> Is that not beautiful? You're never too important to help people. There is no superiority and inferiority. We're all equal here. It's what lead, leadership is, 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 exists on an equal basis. We're all equal, just with different jobs to do, but we're never, never too important to do the washing up or make a cup of tea or change a nappy or something like that. Do you know? There is no, there is no promotion ladder in Christianity. There are gifts and differences. And we're all different, but none of us are more important than another. You're, you really aren't that important. 
you are really significant. But we're all really significant and we're being built together into something amazing. If you want to know an example of that, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Some of the most profound experiences I've had in my Christianity is allowing somebody else to wash my feet. It's really quite humbling. How about washing somebody else's feet? I've done that as well. <clears throat> okay, look at this. Woo-hoo. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves without comparing themselves to someone else. Isn't that now? This is a sh- I was preaching this through with um, folks in day school this, this week. It's, it's a real shocking verse here. Do you know you're meant to take pride in yourself? Wow, proud's, pride's bad. Well, bad pride's bad. Good pride's good. <clears throat> you're meant to delight in yourself. If you put the word delight in there, you're meant to delight in yourself. Because God delights in you. He, delight- he knows the way he made you. He, 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 he created you for his good pleasure. That's what it says in Ephesians. You were created for him to take pleasure in. Therefore, if you want to be godly, you take pleasure in yourself. That's what it means. Take pride in yourself. Are you delighted with your everyday life walking in the spirit? You should be. But the key is, don't compare yourself to somebody else. Comparison is deadly. Think, well, I can't, do, I can't do that stuff that Pete Carter did today. No, you, you probably can't. I'm me. You're you. Don't try to be me. But please don't compare yourself with me. But you can learn from me. You can, we can all learn from one another and be inspired. So you say, hey, that, that prophetic thing, I could have a go at that. See what you could wake up with tomorrow morning. It's not difficult. So what I don't want you to do is try to get phone numbers. I want you to live by the Spirit. Ask God about it and see what you wake up with tomorrow morning. How about that? See, or other words, just the, the ready to equip you for a day living in the Spirit as you go about your daily life, which is not basically Eastgate meetings. What would happen tomorrow if, if all, all of us had significant these words for, the, for this day just coming up that we could bring into our interactions with other people? Woo! You know, God is not creating Christian superstars and Christian has-beens. He's creating one body, one bride, of which we all get to take apart. Different parts, same body. Now, here we go. For each one should carry their own load. Actually, you've all got responsibility. It's up to you to carry your one. What happens if you don't carry your load? There's two things. It either falls to the ground and is not carried, or somebody else carries it. It's just, that's, that's just the reality. So, so every one of us, so, say, rather than load, which is a bit of a, can be negative, put the word responsibility in there. Every one of us has responsibility. Carry it. How are you going to carry it? Lightly, with joy, peace, love, all the fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's, you carry it that way. By the power of the Spirit, it's not difficult. It's not a threat. Just to live this way with responsibility. You know, and as your gift comes forth, you're just going to flourish and grow. This will be the happiest place on earth. Not a group of people who are <gasps> carrying their responsibilities. 
Okay, just see how you can, if you process that through a uh, got to do it mode rather than wow, look what I can do mode. It's completely different. So let's get it. Hey, it, God gave me responsibility in the church. Is that not amazing? Hey, just think about it for a minute. God gave you responsibility in the church. Is that not amazing? You didn't need to. You chose to. Woof. What are you going to do with that? Be faithful. It's not tricky. Okay. And in verse 6, and then I'm getting towards landing. Yep. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Now, what it's saying there, because I, I thought, I've been looking, thinking about this, this during the week and saying, well, what, why, is that, why is that verse there? And because um, it's actually just picking out some people for, for a reason. So, um, and I thought about, you know, basically if you go back into the cultural reality of when this was written, that those who actually gave themselves to, if you like, teaching and making disciples, they did not have a, an income source from what they produced, apart from they produced disciples. Does that make sense? So, so they, 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 you know, before Jesus set up making disciples in one way, he was making tables. So he, there's an income source. But actually, and in, in the Old Testament, now, all, all the 11 tribes had to give a tithe of their, their income to support the, the Levites because they didn't have another source of income. They gave themselves to the work of God. Now, this is important because actually there are some people who get called out to do things that don't have a, if that's what I would call a human productivity. They don't, they don't create a human income source. But God wants to give all of us that income source. But we need to give into the whole so that the work of making disciples is enabled. That's why we give to the church. So it makes, so that's why we tithe to the church. That's why tithing is important. And that's why actually what we're about to do with a growth fund offering is really important. We're, we're giving to something that's going to expand the kingdom. Uh, I don't want to say it's a, it's a kind of, kind of it's something we're, we're pushing forward with the growth fund because it was much easier. Um, I'm going to say this honestly. It's much easier to motivate the church to give towards getting the building called Eastgate or the Annex, which is the obvious bricks and mortar. Much easier to motivate people for that, you know, and... and so this church has given, man, probably about 1.8 million pounds through, through congregational giving to establishing the building. But the building is not the body of Christ. The building's a tool for us to create the body of Christ, which is why this growth fund offering is really important. Because it's about us building the church, not, not the, you know, the mix of bricks and mortar. Now, it might include that, but it's important. So I just want to mention some things, okay? So... The sort of things that go on here week by week, but we're trying to expand. So the healing centre, okay, just healing centre here every Saturday. Now, most of you probably don't even see it. I don't know whether you've ever been to it. I would suggest you do. If you've never been to the healing centre on a Saturday morning, do yourself a treat and get along. It is probably the, one of the most powerful environments we have in Eastgate, where people walk in and week by week miracles happen. It, 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 every week miracles happen in the healing centre. So, any miracles this week? Yeah, they've happened in the healing centre. And now it's accepted as a, a complimentary service by a national health service. Is that not amazing? <laughs> and there have been very, very significant, and I can't, I can't go into the details, there have been some very, very significant advances in regard to that within the last two weeks of what that means. But just say, wherever I go, I tend to talk about our healing centre, and I tell them 
other Christians and say, uh, our healing centre has now been accepted as a complimentary service by the National Health Service. People go, that is amazing. It's the thing that gets people's attention more than anything else. They say, how did you do that? And I say, well, we have a training method and we've, we've learned how to gain the trust of the health authorities. We, we've been faithful with what we've been given. So I had two church leaders come to me within the last week and say, could you train our church how we could be a place that can actually accommodate and be compatible with the National Health Service? That is a massive thing. That's, that's a breakthrough. I've got another church who came to me and said, we don't have the capacity to, to, to do that. And I'm not sure we've got the capacity either at the moment, so don't, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But they, they made a request, said, could you, come and open, could you, us, come and open a healing centre in our church building so that it could be released in our environment? I don't think we've got the capacity to do that, I'm being honest. But I think we do. Isn't that a great invitation? Well, there's a growth opportunity which we can't fulfil at the moment. Media. Our media team just is doing so well. And how many of you have seen Luke's story? If you've not seen Luke's story, go on eastgate.tv uh, on YouTube. Do yourself a favour. Look at Luke's story. It is just a phenomenal story. Beautifully presented. And this, in the last two weeks, we've had interaction with God TV, who have seen that video and said, wow. Um, and we're looking at how that could be an interaction between God TV and our media team. Now, it's just come up. Now, we, 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 haven't, we didn't pursue this. I happened to meet a guy when I was out and about doing my travels in the last two weeks where, where this guy came and he asked me about this stuff. What I'm trying to tell you is that, that the kingdom is expanding through Eastgate in all sorts of different ways that goes on week by week by week by week by week. And we are building something magnificent called the, called the Church of Jesus Christ. And Eastgate has a part to play, not just here, but on a much bigger level, wider level, of creating something that ultimately will become the bride who walks down the, <coughs> the aisle towards Jesus Christ on that day. And I suggest that's worth investing in. So your response to this today is to consider carefully what you want to give to the growth fund. Not out of coercion, because God doesn't need our money. He'll find ways of doing it. But, you know, the opportunity, the invitation to join in is literally the best thing we have going on in our lives. We're not going to pass the buckets around. We're just going to leave them down here. The Growth Fund offering. Now, you can give by cash. Not many people carry, carry a lot of cash around nowadays. You know, credit card, uh, IOUs, checks. If you do an IOU, we won't chase you for it. It's just for you to, you know, we won't come and claim it off you. But So I want you to take a moment right now and ask God. I want you to give by the Spirit. This is a, not by coercion. I want you now to ask God how he wants you to contribute to us extending the kingdom of heaven in all these different ways. Father, we thank you for Holy Spirit who is inside us. Thank you that we have the riches of Christ. Wow! That we have received every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That we are seated with you. And one day we will walk down the aisle as part of your bride to enter into a new reality. Father, thank you. Here and now we get the privilege of using the resources that we have to build your church. Father, I pray for the spirit of generosity to be released in us and through us.
Whoa! Father, we, we choose to be cheerful givers. Not under any pressure or coercion, but joyfully, joyfully participating in helping to create your church. Amen.